This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T-Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. No, it's not. No. No, it has not been good for, this is the 176th time this podcast has not been good. This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, right in the Buckatorium, beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. Mm-hmm. It is in, dude, it is in the peak of the October lull. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. Dude, the, the October lull, I can't wait to see that stupid-ass squirrel meme about the October lull, but uh, I am Steve. Joined with, uh, or actually, I'm in Kurt's house. So, Kurt, <clears throat> you're joining me. Yeah, I am joining you. See, I, I fumbled. I fumbled the ball. Unlike what's going to happen uh, during the Bengals Steelers game this Sunday, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Eric is not here. He's taking engagement photos, and this is basically the, the beginning of the end of his hunting career. And then yep. uh, tomorrow. Um, he won't be on next week, I don't think, either, because he will be hunting with our buddy Doug Schmidt at B&B Outfitters in Mercer County, Missouri, with Philip Vanderpool and the boys from The Virtue. Hopefully, they both can kill bucks and be on The Virtue on Carbon TV. That would be incredible. I what, hope that happens. What's uh, What's going to be really awesome is 
the way that uh, they're structuring their show this year, if they do that within probably a month and a half, you'll be able to see it. Yeah, it's like so. as live as you can get while having a production and like a actual television series, I guess, without you know being straight up live. It's exactly. kind of hard to do. But um, so good luck to them boys out there. Podcast luck their way. Podcast luck my way. I need it. I need to kill something this weekend. It, things do. will die. What are you um, gonna shoot it with? Let me ask you this. Oh, I'm probably gonna put an arrow through it with an elite tempo, as Philip Vanderpool would say. Let the elite eat. That's right. Uh, <laughs> elite Archery is one of the supporters of the podcast. We're super thankful for them. Um, love what they put out. Um, I've shot. I've owned a Synergy. That was one of my favorite bows of all time. Um, and now I have the Tempo, mm-hmm. and I just recently got myself a. I wouldn't call it lime green, but a, a pretty green E35 with uh, carbon limbs, and yeah. it is a looker. Let me tell you, boys and girls, it's a it's a real fine piece of equipment. I'm sure. really, really really happy about it. Real sexy. You know what? Uh, that's awesome. Uh, dude, the, the bow is uh, beautiful. If you guys watched the Instagram Live or the Facebook Live before we did this, you got to see it, but I'll you need to see it in person. It. I'll post a photo of it. Can't uh, can't do it justice. Speaking of not doing uh, things justice, um, Saint Crusher. I'll tell. Uh, I've been using the roller bag this year because I wear extra big clothes, so I need extra big room. <laughs> and dude, it, that roller, um, you know, the gear bag was awesome, absolutely perfect. And they, the way that Saint Crusher made the cords long enough for your stuff to be, if you drive an SUV from the back seat. Up to the um, up to the, the twelve volt cigarette lighter. I don't know if you call them cigarette lighters anymore, but they've made made it fantastic for stuff to just sit there right in the back seat. It's after <laughs> giving Steve notes. I'm I'm giving him hell for what he says. Oh, I know. Um, check out Saint Crusher. Ozone Go. Uh, I have the tote. I put all my muddy boots in there when I run. Mm-hmm. I actually put. I ran my work boots in there the other day because they were they were bad. I put the tube in. One boot ran a whole cycle in thirty minutes, and then put the tube in the other boot. And ran I did that cycle. probably four weeks ago, and it worked fantastically for a month. That is, yep, yeah. And then, like, I'll throw my whole bag, my whole bag lens pack, just right in the tote and run the cycle on that. But it's good stuff. Check them out, scentcrusher dot com. Um, also brought to you by HHA Sports. Um, HHA makes, in our opinion, some of the best single pin bow sights that you can get, along with the HHA Virtus Rest. Um, we haven't shot that yet. That is literally in the mail on the way to the studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relaying that with uh, Mr. Scott Bach from HHA. Great stuff. I actually, uh, real quick story in the HHA. People are always like so concerned. Like, I've never sighted in a single pin sight. How do you even do that? The dial looks confusing. I don't know where to start. It's easy. It is easy. I went and revamped my arrow setup. I'm changing my luck this season. Got new arrows. I'm shooting a little bit heavier arrow. Uh, switched up broadheads. Um, we'll talk about that on a later episode, but, and I'm shooting lighted knocks now. Um, I'm trying out some of the nocturnals and I got my arrow set up. And of course my sight tape is not going to be the same as it was before. And at first it's like overwhelming. Oh, I got to get a new sight tape on. No, it's easy with the HHA. There's a set screw. You pull your dial off, you put your calibration tape on sighted into 20. And then basically with the way they make it, with that set screw, I sighted into 20 and I rolled the calibration tape to zero was on 20. Then I basically went to 60 yards, dialed in, and whatever number was on, since you have zero set at 20, whatever number that is, that's what sight tape you pick. It's that easy. I had that thing tuned in, and I'm talking 
putting field tips in my new arrows, putting the lighted knocks in, getting everything out, setting my targets out all within an hour and a half. I was tuning in to 60 yards, and now I'm accurate down to the yard as far as I can shoot. So it's easy. Just trust us. You check them out. HHA, lifetime warranty. It's good stuff. So. And there's no one else we need to talk about. No one we saw this weekend or anything. No one whose shirt you're wearing. Oh, I had an idea of who it could be. Who do you think? Yeah, I better mention them. Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. I got the... It's man, it's such a rewarding sight to get there and see Susan checking your deer in, going through what uh, what you want, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, what I got a little bit. Later, but uh, Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing right there in beautiful Viola, Illinois. Now is the time. And you know what? We didn't use him like we should have last season. Uh, you know, we just uh, we just got word that, uh, you know, the, f- the, the first deer with a swollen neck came in. So we really need to talk to Scott. I'm like, all right, Scott, what's, uh, what's hitting the ground? You know what I mean? But um, he does an awesome job. Uh, if you're anywhere near western Illinois, eastern Iowa, um, northern, get there. Look up Viola, Illinois if you can make it. He's an awesome dude to deal with. Huge selection, very clean facility. They've got that brand new freezer that they broke in yesterday, or last year. It's awesome. Yeah, you could live in that thing. It's bigger than my house. <laughs> it is literally bigger than my house. Like four of my houses could go in there. But, um, yeah, check them out. Uh, you know. Everybody that supports us, dude, we do it for a reason. We love everything that we use. It helps us get the job done. You look like you want to say something. I got to give a shout out quick. Uh, I have on our Snapchat, which uh, WCB podcast on Snapchat, Allison Rosher. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say your name, your last name. I'm sorry. Uh, we did the post about submitting your questions for this podcast, and she's like, "Who's the guest?" Oh, I said, "No one." Oh, okay. I'll think of something. I was like, "Well, we're literally recording right now," and. Uh, so I called her out on that, and uh, I'll let her know that so she can laugh at herself later and at us. <laughs> anyway, awesome. thanks for all everyone who supports the show, um, all our sponsors. Super thankful. And uh, to be honest with you, you know, it's easy to say, like, oh, they have sponsors. I just give them stuff, whatever. We actually have very good relationships with every one of our sponsors. We keep in touch with them. We talk regularly with them, and uh, super thankful. It's it's a good deal for us. We we really like everyone that we we work with, and that's a big mm-hmm. part of it. If if we didn't like the people behind the companies and we didn't like the, the product they put out, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't talk about it the way we do because I don't know that I think that's dirty to be you know to to put up something that you don't actually believe in or like right. or like the people behind the company. Um, so no, we I just, yeah. I, just, I just like to say that every now and then because it's it's the people we really like and people we keep an ongoing relationship with on a on a daily basis. So and that's why you know you'll hear us do ten fifteen minutes you know talking about three four. Uh, five people, whoever, because we feel so strongly about it that, you know, we want to make sure that you guys can get the same experience we are. I mean, obviously you may not, but the people that we've got to meet through all the various outlets, it's just been, been absolutely fantastic. So it's been good. So you got a vet shout out. We do. And it actually comes from elite archery. They shared this. So I want to share it too here. If you didn't see this on uh, Elites, uh, it just looks like their Facebook page. I think they shared it on Instagram too. But there's this post, and it is incredibly awesome. It's from field staffer SC, uh, F, SFC John Fielder. I do not know what that means. I apologize. But uh, they want to thank him for his service and his service to the unit and what they do. 
Uh, <laughs> it's all these dudes in the right in front of an AH-64E Apache helicopter in Iraq with that giant, you know, if you ever go into like a target range, that big elite banner. <laughs> it's the coolest thing. So, John Fielder, thank you for your service to this country. And, you know, thank you for doing what you do. Elite recognized that. And that's that's awesome, man. We, we enjoy the hell out of cool. that. Super cool. You guys, if you got any vet shout-outs, make sure you will, you hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. Email us, workingclassbowhunter at gmail.com. Go to the website. You'll be able to find us. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about any vet that you want us to shout-out. They don't even have to hunt. Just throwing it out there. Good word. All right. Thanks for, for that, Steve. Vet shout out. You always handle that so well. Yeah, so well. Uh, thanks to all the vets out there. We appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, moving on. Talked about all the good stuff here. Steve has a dough down, and the, the sign do. is red here in the studio for yet another week. I think we're up to five weeks. Um, it was windy as hell Sunday morning <laughs> when you shot your dough. It, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you a funny story about before I went out to hunt. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go into the the story real quick. So I wake up and I think it was Saturday. You know, if you guys listened last week, um, you know, I was I've been seeing my dad. He's he's laid up in a hospital bed right now. You know, fell off a roof. He's doing really really well. Um, consider it everything. It's it's a miracle of where he's at now. But you know. Saturday, I just uh, I, I just wasn't able to go out to hunt. The only time I was able to see him was about the afternoon, so it was whatever. Kurt's all over me. He goes, you know, dude, you got to get out in the morning. He's like, Sunday morning, you're gonna kill some. I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I know, I need to go out. And I started looking at the weather, and I'm like, dude, twenty mile an hour winds, and it wasn't wind gust; it was just straight wind. It was brutal, man. I was in the tree holding oh. on. My bow about took a like a spill a couple times. I yeah. had it to where I used the easy hanger or the HME um, like extendable saws mm-hmm. or saws bow hangers, and I had it turned into me where my bottom cam was leaned up against my chest so it wouldn't blow around. <sighs> it was tough. Yeah, so we, you know, I, I get out and the we I wake up in the morning and I, I wake up like immediately. Perfect. I wake up at 3.45-ish. I've got an hour drive to the stand. And the sun's starting to rise a little bit later, so I think, like, sunrise is... He saw 13 oh, cardinals, that? one sparrow. Um, mm-hmm. He fed it some suet that he got from Farm and Fleet. It was seven ninety nine. dollars 99 oh, You're yeah. giving too many details. I know. <laughs> I need to give this little story... So I get up, I go to the bathroom, and I look up on my ceiling, and, dude, there's two flies going at it. So I send a Snapchat fly rut. I start heading down the road. I hate you so much more for putting that in the show just now. I know, but it's so stupid that it was like, that's how my day started. So I go, okay, something silly happened. This is probably going to be a good day. We're driving down, and Kurt's about 10, 15 minutes ahead of me. He's got got a, a, a drive that he was on, so... We're heading down, and we talked for probably 35 minutes uh, on the phone. 35, 45 minutes. You know, it says we're we're driving out, and the weather is just, it's not good. I mean, the wind is brutal. It's 20 miles an hour all day, and there's a little bit of rain coming in. You know, these things happen, but you got to get out there because, it, what? 
I'm just. It's, you're like half paying attention. I'm, I'm. I've tuned you out. I know because you're doing other things. So anyway, I get to. I get to the stand. The last thing that Kurt said to me was, "All right, well, hurry up. Go ahead. Get out there. Go kill something. Like, all right. I'm gonna. I'm like. I'm gonna do it because I don't want to be out here anymore. And you. <laughs> you literally said to me. If I don't see anything, I'll probably get down at 8.30 because I think this wind might be sketchy. Because if you listen to the podcast, Kurt hunts about 38 feet up in a tree. <laughs> I mean, so. Yeah, Dude, I was happens. holding on. But I did use a lifeline. boy. So anyway, I get uh, I get to the property and the wind is howling. I'm like, I man, this, crazy. this is sketchy. So I start heading out there and. Um, I got across a horse pasture, and actually John Dudley shared something about when he shot an antelope. He didn't film it, but he used cows to help him get in, and I I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago where I use horses. There's this one pony on this property that loves to follow you everywhere, so I walk in with it, and um, I get in there, and before I can get in, I almost stepped on a skunk. Like, I had no idea you could get that close to him. I've never, docile, man. Yeah, that's what you said, and everybody else. I was like, man, I've never ran across one. Anyway, I get in, and the skunk held me up because I didn't want to get sprayed, so I finally mosey on in, and I was trying to, I was fussing with the gate. Like, I couldn't get this gate to shut to keep the horses out to the property where I hunt, so I was getting held up, finally get in there, and I'm just kind of relaxed. I'm like, okay. And it's still just before shooting light, and I st- I'm starting to see some deer coming out in this alfalfa field. And I'm like, yeah, I, I I didn't really expect any and to see any deer, but I also was wanting to get a picture just so Kurt I, would get off my back about not getting out. I was surprised too that it was uh, that I saw as many deer as I did. I yeah. saw two shooters that morning, and I saw a probably five or six does. And I think it's because it rained all night and that cold front came in. Mm-hmm. And so when the rain broke right before, um, well, it rained pretty good right before daylight. I think they got up and moved what they could. And, um, but anyway, yeah. So I was seeing a lot of deer. I'm like, man, and my first thought was, dude, it'd be really nice to just shoot a deer here pretty early. Kurt said he'd probably get down at eight 30. If it was really bad, I'm like, then we can just haul up in the truck, go to, Go to Smith's, sit down, drink some beer. The rest of the day, that'd be a nice Sunday. Well, it was about seven o'clock, and there was a this doe starts coming out, and I'm like, okay, I think this is actually going to happen. And she comes out right at uh, right at a good spot. I put the pin on her, and the wind was just it would die, and then it would start coming back, and it would howl and. Pulled back on her, and she started getting a little spooky when the wind held, and I went and pulled the shot, and wind was blowing a little bit, so I hit a little bit further back. But it hit her, and I immediately get on the phone with Kurt. I'm like, eh, Kurt, I just shot a doe. Uh, shot doesn't... I'm like, I don't feel it was good. And your first thing was, just wait. Don't get down. We're going to give her a little bit, especially with this wind. She's going to be real spooky, so if we go after her, if it was a bad shot... A lot of times, though, if you hit a deer and you hit her back, like in your instance, if you don't go in there, she's not going to feel well. She's going to lay down, Mm -hmm. and she's not going to want to get up unless you go in there and bump her. So I was worried that you were going to get up there all excited and (laughs) bump her, which thank God you didn't. But Yeah, uh, so I 
and that was a that was a really really rough sit. I mean, not only is that wind just absolutely howling, it's brutal. But it dries you out. It's, it sucks the energy right out of you. Yeah, and the, the, in the wind ba- does. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking the whole time, like, man, dude, I just made a bad shot. Now I got to sit out here all miserable, and now I can't even imagine what that deer is going through, too. So I give her a little time, and I tell Kurt where I'm at, and he's like, all right, I'll be there when I can. So it's you know, a couple hours uh, go by. Kurt shows up, and it's like, okay, let's go out and see what we can find. We go out there and. It's not looking real good. I'm really not feeling. Well, we found great. blood relatively quick. I found that oh. spot pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, you know, I for me it felt a lot longer because yeah. I had to sit there and just look. I'm like, man, this doesn't this doesn't feel good. But uh, you know, I I think I got in my own head, and then you know, you were there level headed, and you're like, hey, look, I don't know the situation. I've taken what you've given me, but you're always the the guy who's like, dude, you shot her better than you thought. Right. I'm like, all right. <laughs> So we start going, and we're looking, Kurt. I I, I don't know how you said because I was looking in the same place you were, and you're like, look, at this is blood. And, I, man, I, I, I don't know. I was just – I think I was just a little too excited, and all of a sudden we look, and it's like, okay, that's blood, that's blood. And you pull out the binos. I go, hey, Kurt, I don't think you need those binos because that deer's piled up right <laughs> here. And you look, and you're like, no shit. <laughs> well, I was looking down, and she, like, went over to the right, and I'm yeah. like – Holy, dude, I couldn't believe it. I mean, that's the thing, like like a gut shot or a shot that's far back is, is super fatal. And, you know, I've heard, and this is like partially serious. Like talk about blood trails a little bit is uh, like I've heard some of the best hunters I know say, sometimes you're almost better shooting them far back because there's so much dead area and there's bone up in the shoulder area. Mm-hmm. If you say the deer, you're going to shoot the deer on the left on its left side. You know, you shoot to the left, you're up in the front or air, frontal area and the shoulder and there's a lot of dead zone there. Like in the back, you go, you got lung, liver, and guts there. And it's not the most ethical of shots. Um, but it's like sometimes if you just give them their time, you're better off. But and that's so controversial. I can't even really say that. That's a very debatable topic. Mm. But I would almost rather hit a deer a little further back than too far forward mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. Depending. A lot of times there's a lot of arteries and stuff in there going to the heart that you can catch and, and they're done in 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we found her. I couldn't believe it that she only went like 30, 40 yards. And, yeah. Uh, she didn't go very far. And your shot was back and that happens. It's part of, especially windy and she was on death comp five alert. And, yeah. It was a, and it was a, it, I don't know. You know, I, I replay that all the time. I, I wish the shot was a little bit better. It got the job done, and it got the job done rather quicker than it could have been. Right. Um, and I think I want to attribute that to I'm shooting those uh, those Raptor tricks, the slick tricks. I bought some after that. <laughs> I went and bought some. You go. I I think that was the first thing you said, and you go, "Holy shit! What broadheads are you shooting? The ones that Eric was shooting?" I go, "Yeah, those slick tricks." And you were already like, "I'm getting them. I don't care." I was impressed. But they, they, I was impressed. They did the job, and you know we got everything. We got some really good pictures, and it was a. It, I will say too, that's part of me tuning in. When I was talking about earlier in the sponsor segment, me tuning in my HHA. I uh, the, those slick uh, those slick trick raptor tricks come with a practice head. Oh yeah, dead nuts. Probably just like a field point. Yeah, and it's uh, man, dude, it was it, it was it, it was a a good day. Um, I was really hoping for a good day. 
Um, mostly I just wanted to, to shoot a doe early just so I didn't have to be out of that. I, I didn't have to be out in that wind. And you got meat, man. You got meat and I got Smith thing. meat and with the Smiths oh, and he's got some, good. yeah, he's got some new stuff on the, on the menu. So if you go, I think I'm getting some of the garden medley it's a good brats work. and some jerky, but that was, uh, that was a cool day. So that was last Sunday and I was uh, super happy that Kurt was able to come out and, uh, that was a fun experience. Tip so. of the week. Anytime that you can go on a blood trail, go on a blood trail. Yeah. If your buddy shoots a deer and you can get there, get there. If you shoot a deer, even if you saw it go down, still trail it. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to wish if you hit a deer and you can't find it. And a lot of mysterious things happen, just like any bow hunter knows. Is It's kind of what I'm experiencing this year. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, weird things can happen um, shooting a deer at times. But... If you hit the buck of your life and you have a consistent trail, or when I mean when I say consistent, blood that you're finding, not necessarily the trail you want to find where you just look up and see blood, but if you're on your hands and knees and you're finding blood, it always helps to to have been there before. Whether or not it's your deer or your friend's deer or whatever it may be, and that's one point I make is uh, like Steve, you made the comment when I found that blood. You're like, how the hell did you even find that blood? Yeah, that surprised me. And it's. It's one of those things that comes with experience. I'm not saying I'm the best blood trailer, trailer ever because I'm not. I've seen dudes straight punk me out on, like, finding hair, or, like, one strand of hair. They're like, mm-hmm. ooh, some belly hair here or whatever. But just go on as many blood trails as you can. And that would – yeah. That, always blood trail your deer like you didn't see him go down. And that was, a, that was another point. Like, we could see the doe clear as day, but it was one of those things that, you know, we – Kurt's like, hey, dude, let's look and see, you know, because even though you made a bad shot, let's take a look and see what what we're seeing here. And, dude, I was I was chomping at the bit to get over There's there. Way more but, blood than I expected for being far back. Yeah, it, but we we had a really good, uh, a really good. It, it was a really good learning uh, learning experience. Of even though you see where it went down, you know, just trying to gauge. Even though it was a bad shot, where that blood started and then where she piled up, so it was a uh, it it was it was a nice little experience, and I'm I'm super glad you were there too. So I'm glad you got one, man. You did work. You did work. Um, let's um let's shift gears. All right. Congrats to you on your on your deer, big old nanny. Well, well, you're gonna smack a big old buck this week, so I hope so, bro. I hope so. Um, I'm I'm mad now. I mean business. I mean business. All right, let's talk real quick. We're not gonna dwell on this. Just something worth mentioning. Arby's <laughs> is doing the uh, elk on the menu at Arby's sparks criticism. Uh, I'm on krtv.com. I don't know oh, what yeah. he's out of. Montana's news leader. Uh, Great Falls and North Central Montana. This guy just um, looks. There's a picture of him getting ready to go into something. It's uh, The sign behind him is keep elk wild and free. Vote uh, for, uh, I'm guessing that's I-143. This dude looks like he's about ready to just go nuts. Like he's offended. So. Anyway, Arby's <laughs> is serving venison um, and elk. The Montana Wildlife Federation is cons- raising concerns about Arby's recent promotion des- um, designed to highlight the start of hunting season. Arby's announced it will offer a limited time elk sandwich and- at three restaurants, including one in Billings. It, o- it is also offering a venison sandwich at more locations after introducing it last year. The Montana Wildlife Federation criticized the decision because the restaurant chain will use farm-raised elk and venison. That's all we're going to talk about this. Let us know what you think about Arby's doing this. The commercials are funny, but really when it break when you break it down, um, what do you think? 
to our listeners. How does it affect hunting? What's your overall opinion? Does it matter? Does it not? That is all. I am exiting out of this article. That's all I want to talk about it now. Thank you. I will put one thing in there, and then we will move on. Um, it might be okay to get people to get a taste of venison, but you're not going to get. I don't think it's going to be the same. What real venison tastes like? You're going to get oat-fed, um, you know, venison. It's 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 complete different eating wild game than farm raised. It'll be a, it'll be a little but, different. I don't know how much different. I never ate farm raised. I've had critters. it a couple times. I, well, maybe I have. I just. I don't know, Cabela's and up in Wisconsin, my dad used to live, I can't remember, near Prairie du Chien, I think there's a Cabela's up there, and I had an elk burger, and I'm like, I don't know, this probably isn't even elk. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> it's probably that all these elk, so it was horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost the same thing, right? Um, all right, we're going to move on. We did a post on Instagram for this episode. Yes. Um, well, what we can do, we got, actually, we have more things to talk about. TJ Unger, big yeah. shout out to our buddy. He shot a turkey yesterday, mm-hmm. two months from the the really bad car wreck that he had. He had a real, real bad car accident, and uh, it was real serious, and damn near broke every bone in his body, um, and then shot a turkey yesterday. The homeboy Brady Miller was filming that, too. Yep. We got uh, to get him on. He's he's a cool cat. Next time those guys all come on, I'd like to be in person with all of them. Oh, for like, sure. I, I want to be there. And Liz Unger has to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Even though TJ, he's he's getting along right now. He he can still probably knock you out, Steve. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. So I've, <laughs> without I've, a doubt, yeah, I've been uh, I've been talking with TJ for. I love that guy, you know, man. We 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 text back and forth. Actually, the thing we do is we play cup pong. So if you got an iPhone. For those of you who don't have iPhone, eh, go f yourself. But we play cup pong a lot, and I, I was talking, and I didn't even know that was going to happen. I saw it on Snapchat, and yeah. it, I, if you follow us on Snapchat, if you're in our group, uh, we'll add you in the WCB. I don't know what I call it, WCB podcast family or mm-hmm. crew. Um, TJ put his snaps into that group, which is really cool. That was so awesome, and he shot that turkey with. A, he was using the Camex crossbow. He's still. He's he's able to kind of move around a little bit. Uh, after talking to him, he goes, dude, I'm super wore out. And I go, well, are you going to sleep tonight? Because after you have a super big trauma like that, man, sleep, it just it's not it's not something that comes easy. But yeah. I bet he slept pretty good that night. And um, dude, dude, I was so pumped to see that. He's uh, he's just such a genuine guy. And everyone from The Virtue is, man. It's like, oh, yeah. If you can't tell from the podcast we've done with, like, TJ and just everyone in the elite family, they're just all good people. And. I was so pumped to see him get a turkey, man. I know I was too. I, I love the snap though because it was a uh, was Brady with him. Yeah, you see Brady. But he's is it the one where he's got the turkey? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, go into it. Yeah. So Brady is like he's got the camera pointed to him. And he's like shaking his head, and then he like looks over, and then you see TJ with this turkey on his back, and he's got a walker out in the woods, <laughs> and he's just getting along with the turkey on his back, and I'm like. That's so hardcore that it's it's incredible. I know that that was my favorite thing that like that some bitch must have had like a two wheel assist up front because it just <laughs> he was getting it though man why not that's that's so cool man he like, was going through some tall grass with a regular ass walker like that was awesome <laughs> I need I hope Brady saved that Brady you know if you're listening to do, DM us I need that video right now I'm gonna package up a bunch of working class bow hunter stickers and he's gonna have that thing covered in them oh my god yes. Anyway, TJ, we love you. I'm so happy for you, man, on that turkey. 
Um, follow TJ on Instagram. He is the absolute man. Follow Anyone from the Liz first... on Instagram too. Liz Unger too. As I <laughs> throw that in, that's <laughs> messed up, dude. Anyway, congrats, TJ. Love you, buddy. All right, um, we are. I can't read my own. There you go. Read your this uh, moment of uh, silence for Kurt reading uh, his own handwriting. Okay. Brought to you by Bush Light. We're Bush gonna Light get beer, to the, the Hunter's beer. We're gonna get to some of the listener um, questions, comments, shit talking. Yeah, on... go into a super technical question where you can answer for a while, so I can pee. Okay, let me go through. I don't know if I should do them in order or what. I gotta shrink. Yeah, this just start down. getting through them. Yeah, we're on. Uh, what do we? This is Facebook, so yeah, we're gonna start here. Actually, I got both open. I will. Uh, yeah, re- can... refresh that so we can get the most recent ones. Move tab to new window. Got this rock in here. That is so awesome, that Mac. Dude, if you're ever going to start a podcast and you don't have, like, Mac or Apple products, eh, you're wasting your time. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. Uh, one thing I'm having a problem. Instagram is not meant for desktop, so I'll pull that <laughs> no, up. No, it on is my not. That's, a, that's like a strictly mobile app. Okay, I'll pull that up on my. Uh... Sorry, we're all just, like, chatting while we do this. Yeah, thing. No, I've got, I've got you. But uh, we do really appreciate all the all the input that you guys throw out there. Um, we mentioned it okay, on Instagram the Instagram one. and the the Facebook. We should be having the uh, next week stocking caps, WCB stocking caps, and hoodies. So be on the lookout for that. We'll post a bunch of stuff on all our social media. They'll be on the website, on the store. Go check that out. But uh, while okay. Kurt gets us uh, pulled up here. All right, we are going to go down to the bottom here. I'm going to work my way up. Um, So, Andrew... Oh, man, that's a hard last name, buddy. Andrew Hodel. Let me see here. We're going to zoom (laughs) in. You got to zoom in on that. I'm going to zoom in that way. Oh, no, he's got some, like, foreign stuff, like the, uh, I think, the umlau. Foreign Oh, boy. All right, Andrew, we're going to call you Hodel. Even though it's not how it's pronounced, I'm going to call it that. Hunting tactics for hunting the rut with warm weather. Um, the way that I would deal with that situation, say it's uh, November 7th-ish. We'll just go for that. We'll call that the rut. Uh, that's basically like the standard day that you're going to call it. This is a rut, whatever. I would say if it's warm, say it's 80 degrees on November 7th. Oh, I hope it's not. Knock on wood. I would say... You just hunt your ass off either way because if does are in estrus, deer will be moving. And uh, maybe people are going to argue with that, but I say get out there and hunt no matter what. If it's a rut, you deal with it. You wear lighter clothes, um, and you just kind of uh, you kind of have to suffer. Um, there has to be a little bit of suck to make the hunt worth it, you know. So that's what I would go with. Hunt like you normally would, you know. You know what the weather's going to be roughly. It's it, it's going to suck, you know. Work. Work around the wind and uh, get after it. Um, Patrick Perkins from Heroes Hunting puts in, uh, rut time predictions, always a battle with moon phase. Um, people, moon phase people versus specific day people. It's almost going back. I mean, I think maybe the moon has a little bit to do with it. But I say, um, you know when the rut is in your area, if it's November 7th, or I'm just using that as an example, they, and the rut is hot, you just hunt. You hunt like you would hunt uh, normally, and uh, I'd say you get after it. If it's uh, the moon phase or whatever, I, it's just, if, if it's first, second week of November, you want to be in the woods. That's what you want to be doing. Um, let's go here. Uh, Corey Graw. Um, I'm interested 
and people's opinions for scents during the rut, such as drag ropes, buck bombs, etc., and scents with decoys or prefer scentless decoys. Thanks. I would say in that situation, and I'm not, I'm not my, what I'm saying is not the final word. I'm saying what I do or in our experiences, I would say I go in personally, I go in minimal scent. And that being said, the the reason why I do that is because you're not necessarily putting out artificial scent, but you're basically putting something out that the deer is going to smell where you've been. And I, in my opinion, I'd rather go as scent in as scent free as possible with little impact on the deer's environment. And, uh, you know, if you've done your homework on deer movement and how the deer are going to move through certain terrain and, uh, made the moves you need to make for before the rut to get prepared for the rut, um, that should hopefully, hopefully work out for you. It doesn't always work out that way, but hopefully it does. So I go in minimal, um, with the scents and the bottled marketing stuff and all that and, uh, go in hopefully knowing where I think a big buck is going to move and, uh, hopefully that pays off, but. Um, I'm kind of just knocking out a few Facebook yeah. ones. And I'm working my way to Instagram. Brock Williams. Uh, well, I think these are replies. No, this is these are replies. Cody Jenkins. Shout out for Wild Thing Outdoors. First book of the year on film. Six and a half year old. Two hundred ninety five on the hoof. Awesome deer. Oh, very we, cool. Hey, since we're doing uh, shout outs, we might oh, as well. Those aren't replies. Sorry, I, those are just. No, we we might as well uh, shout out Scott Clark, uh, his buddy. I'll pull this up. Oh, he just sent it to me. Okay, you're delaying this. All right, Amber, Mark, Hurley. Man, I love you guys' podcast. I started to follow you guys on Facebook. Now all I need is a sticker. As for a topic idea, what is your opinion on hunting the fringe of a doe bedding area when the chase phases in full swing? Rattle, grunt, or quiet? Thanks again for what you guys do and definitely have a diehard listener here. Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate the hell out of you. Um... I would say, if you're asking, what is your opinion on hunting the fringe of a doe bedding area when the chase is in full swing? Rattle, grunt, or quiet? Well, when the chase is in full swing, the does are going to be uh, being bumped by bucks, I would assume, or they're, you know, it depends on what phase of the rut you're in. Full swing, I'm going to I'm gonna consider that as like the deer, bucks are up bumping does and they're chasing. Um, if you, you know there's does bedding in there, rattle, grunt, or quiet? That's a good question. I would say, you know, if you're near a bedding area, I don't know how much I would rattle. Rattling is one of those weird finicky things where you're going to spook a lot of deer. And if the rut's in full swing, I don't know. I like to rattle like end of October, first few days of November. And then I find in my personal experience, I'm you know, like I'm saying, it's not the final word. I don't, I don't know. That's a tough question. I would yeah, say... I mean, if you're trying to think psychology-wise, if does hear rattling and they're bedded, and they hear rattling rather close, well, but the thing what, is, it's like you're not hunting the does at that point; you're hunting the bucks. So. I, I know, but but what what I'm thinking is, you know, you're gonna, you know, the the does will probably get out of there because if they hear rattling, you know, they're thinking, ah, we're gonna get bread. We're trying to just rest and relax, <laughs> and then the does are gonna be moving out of that area, and then they, the bucks aren't gonna be there. Just I, I, I don't know. I'd say it's one of those things is. But I'm I trying to take a shot in the dark. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't rattle too aggressively. I'd throw if you're going to grunt. You know, people think deer are more, vo- more vocal than they are. I, me personally, I would throw out just a few grunts and gaff them out and 
basically perk the curiosity of maybe of a buck bedded in that doe area. Um, that's a good question. That's a loaded question. Um, let's go up. We did the shout out. Give a shout out to Red Trail Outdoors. Shout out to Red Trail Outdoors. Thanks, Robert Case. Uh, I don't know how to do <laughs> George St. Pierre. Robert K. George St. Pierre. <laughs> George. <laughs> um, Trevor Schmidt. You got to read. <laughs> which Facebook group or site is the best to get your rut predictions from? I want a good reliable source. There isn't one, Trevor. Oh, my God. Love you, buddy. No, it's it, – I'm calling BS on Kurt. It's any Facebook group that you're a part of. Yes, that's right. That's correct. That's actually the best answer. Sean, how do you say your last name, Sean? Polk? Polky? Polk? Y'all's rut strategy. Hunt rubs and scrapes, mic scrapes, all day sits, rattling and grunting, use of estrus. Um, I would say hunt where you know the bucks are at you know if there's rubs and scrapes that's a good sign of where they are mock scrapes i'm i'm those can be effective all day sits yes if you can sit Mm -hmm. all day and you know the rut's going on you got nothing to lose um except not killing the deer you never killed so you know that anything can happen rattling and grunting i say go for it i say do it sparingly um kind of look at it as you're trying to catch curiosity not over grunt or rattle to where the deer's like whoa, those guys are kind of crazy over there. You know, yeah. you throw a grunt or two out and a deer hears it and then maybe throw another grunt or two out five, six minutes later and then wait a while, like a half hour, an hour, and then throw one grunt out and two grunt, you know, use, gap them out, you know, perk the curiosity, you know. If deer were as curious as cats, there would be no more deer. <clears throat> yeah, Scar- Scott wanted to shout out Mike Clemmy for there slaying this beauty on Tarot 8. Very nice buck. Yeah, good uh, Good luck in Canada. Oh, speaking of Canada, shout out R.I.P. Mr. Leahy, uh, John Dunsworth, the guy who played Leahy on uh, Trailer Park Boys. He had passed away, so that sucks. Trevor Schmidt, go-to calls for the rut, when to use, how often, or blind calling. Just kind of said that. I like to blind call, um, grunt, gap them out. Um, rattling, if it's slow, you got to make something happen. I, I'd, you know, I'd try it. I wouldn't overdo it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Look at that Jason Matthews one. <laughs> Getting sent free on a budget. Also for Steve, if Rick Flair were a hunter, what would his favorite animal to hunt be? <laughs> Answer that one first. All right. Rick Flair always <clears throat> said to be the man, you got to beat the man. So my guess is Rick Flair being the uh, limousine riding, jet plane flying, wheel and dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun. He's going to go after the biggest critter that you could ever hunt. Um, I, I think he's uh, I think he's hunting blue whale. <laughs> okay, I I, um, man, I I don't know. I've heard uh, I've heard some stories. You know, back in the day, there was uh, some really cool wrestling stories from back in the day. Like Steve Austin used to hunt with um, uh, uh, Paul Orndorff. I, I I don't know. I don't know if he ever got caught up in that. That'd be awesome to like you know hear about Ric Flair shooting like a. Right. A couple deer or something, but I I, I, I don't know. Jason's other uh, first part of his question is getting sent yeah. free on a budget. Um, don't get smelly. That's as, about as cheap as you can get. If you, is, if you don't get stinky, then there you go. You spend, spend the money on money. a scent crusher bag. They, it, I would say it depends me. on what extent you're trying to take it. You know, there's guys out there buying materials to build their own closets and, and do it that way, which is fine. But really, to be as scent-free as possible – a bottle of cheap scent killer spray, if you think that works, and a bottle of uh, scent killer soap, if you think that works. Um, just, that's that's. I mean, that's as cheap as I can get for you. Other than that, I would invest in We Love Scent Crusher and, and an ozone unit. So, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in ozone in the last couple of years. Um, 
<laughs> Chris Rogers. Shout out to the two farm dogs that both ruined my hunt and chased a mature stud past my stand. I had no idea it was in the area. Hopefully things turn around for you, buddy. Douglas Hood. How about the topic of deer reacting neg- negatively to calling? Am I the only one that has found that with the popularity of calling, rattling, doe estrus bleats, buck roars, and snort wheezes, it seems the deer have become more cautious, if not leery of them? I had great success using the aforementioned calls in the late 90s and early 2000s, but I found those tactics less and less positive in the recent years. Yes, sir, I agree. I remember when the can, the Primo's can came out, I thought oh, yeah. that thing worked like a dream, and then it kind of died off. I would say, like what I said before, call sparingly, pique the curiosity of those mature deer, and don't overdo it. As soon as you overdo it, those deer know. They they know what deer sound like. They live with other deer um, all the time. <laughs> So they, uh, I would say call half as much as you think you should. That would be my best advice. Also, Douglas, hunting in the late 90s, early 2000s, did you hunt in real tree Junko jeans? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Duncan, I'm going to another state in two weeks. Only got three days and don't know much about the land other than aerial maps. Mostly pine thickets and fields with a few oaks. Should I take deer attractants? Um, in parentheses, Big and J or Acorn Rage or Grunt and Rattle. Thanks, y'all. Oh. Um, I would say I only got three days and don't know much about the land. I would aerial like, maps. email Clint Casper. <laughs> no, I I mean, yeah, you could do that. I would say, you know, if you got the map, there's obvious, the most obvious things, if you have just a few days, you know, the obvious pinch funnel, um, how deer are going to use terrain to their advantage. Um, I would say getting a pinch funnel, same thing. Um, I would look over the map and really, really hustle after it that way. That's, I mean, that's the best thing you can do without stepping in there. I wouldn't really rely on deer attractants just for a few days. Cause it's going to take a while for them deer to find it. Yeah. You could get in a pinch or a funnel and grunt a rattle with the correct wind. That could really work out for you. Um, Gene Miller, you wait until the third week of October to hunt and have not been in your ground yet. So you hear signs of rubs and scrapes showing up and haven't checked cams. On the first sit, a big doe comes in. Do you shoot to put it in the in the meat or see if a bucks are starting to roam until the third week of October? Uh, I guess that's your uh, whatever your goals are for the season. That's more of like a personalized thing. If you're hunting bucks, now maybe don't shoot her. Um, if you need meat, uh, you know, shoot her. I don't know. That's kind of a. Uh, it that's depends personal. on what your personal goals are, there, Gene Miller. Um, but I would, uh, I would say it depends on where you're at at that point in time in your season. Um, Joel Gattrell, you guys take Sweet time off beard. work. You guys take, uh, time off work for the rut November 4th through the 12th here for Eastern Ohio rutcation. I love that <laughs> word. Um, tried awesome. Moultrie modem after he mentioned it and, uh, he had battery issues. Sorry about that, buddy. Um, Yeah. I would say I'm going to take the – let me check my calendar. I'll tell you, my rutcation is going to be – Oh, yeah. Hey, we need to discuss this because I'm taking your no, – Probably November 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th is going to be my rutcation. I'm taking it off, and uh, me and Kurt are going to have rut camp. We're going to have a special Snapchat hashtag that we're going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt kills Steve day one. <laughs> All right. Brandon Chase, shout out to your dad. Robert Chase, um, that's – I got him in hunting. Um, he wants to hear discussion about public land hunters had their fe- their hunts ruined by pheasant hunters. Uh, that's yeah, happened to me. Yes, we can make that happen. Scott Gardner probably already covered. Um, 
Your <laughs> this is a good one. You understand it's past legal shooting hours, getting darker, but you have deer in the area. Do you wait them out? I tried, didn't know they were there. Spook them, including one of my possible shooters. I would say, uh, I would say, wait them out as long as you can, but you got to get down eventually, and there's not a whole lot you can do. I'd say you're better off if you can spook them, and they don't know it was you or a human that spooked them. You're a lot better off. Um, I would say I've seen Bill Winky do this. I've heard of uh, some of our really good buddies. Dana Pace has done this. Ross ha- Bigger, doesn't uh, he do this? Ross Ross Bigger. Mm-hmm. They'll have somebody come in. You know, on standby to come in and like I've seen Bill Winky. I think a guy started a chainsaw or a leaf blower to scare the deer out of the field. And Dana had his boy go to the edge of the field and bark like a dog to scare the deer out yeah. of the field. Stuff like that, the deer hear all the time. And it's not you getting out of the tree and walking through the area that they're in at the moment in time. I think that would probably be the best way to do that if you were that worried about it. Um, and that's I've never personally had to do it. Um, I don't really have a lot of that at my disposal where I hunt. Um, where someone can get in real quick. I would wait it out as long as you can. And if anything, I don't know, think of something to where it's not you personally spooking the deer or your human outline spooking the deer. I think that makes a big difference. Dude, they need to have like a, <clears throat> like a new Uber, except it'll be, it'll be called farmers, but with some uh, unnecessary letters missing. But you basically, when you're in a stand, you got deer under you, dude, you call the nearest farmer that's in your area and they drive a tractor right up onto the property, so they get deer out of there without uh, you being uh, a human spooking them out. Steve, I'm going to leave you with these last two while I go to the restroom. <laughs> Can I trust you? I'm a little nervous, oh, guys. <clears throat> all right, who you want me to get? Uh, let's see. Ben Vanderbergi. Uh, can I get a shout-out for my brother, Bo Vanderbergi, uh, who shot his first solo film buck last week, a nice eight-pointer here in the UP of Michigan. Hell yeah, you can. Um Congratulations, dude. Send us that film. Go ahead and uh, email it to us. Like, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, super super happy. Dude, you can kill anything in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I hear they've they've got awesome blueberries up there, so uh, that's as much as I know about that area. Uh, and then uh, da, 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 he said last two, and he left me with some... Uh, we did that Brandon Chase shout out. Yeah, he 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 already gave me. <laughs> he said the last two, but uh, Ben, yeah, again, congratulations to Bo, dude. These were awesome questions. I think we're gonna do this more and more uh, throughout the season. Just having you guys sending questions. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing better than being able to connect with you guys. We've met some really awesome people. We really appreciate it. Anytime you reach out to us. It it makes us feel good, you know. When you when you've got any kind of feedback, we love that. Again, I'll uh, I said it before, but uh, I'll say it again. Get in contact with us. Uh, various social media outlets: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Go ahead and send some of this stuff in. But Kurt's here, who's controlling the computer. So we're going to move on to some Instagram questions. Kurt, when you go back and listen to this, I filled that gap nicely. I hope you did, brother. I hope you do. Because you were you like, hey, here's the last two, and I'm like, dude, oh, you left did, me one. Did you answer Brandon Chase's? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, I see that now. All right. Uh, wink, wink, brother. Uh, Eva Shockey. All right, I'm going to have to. Okay. All right. All right, let's get to, let's get over to uh, Instagram because there was some good stuff over there. Yeah, uh, were you on. able to pull Instagram up on this computer? Um, well, yeah, I could, but this is uh, you have to just get on yeah, mobile. On there, all right. <laughs> we are gonna go. We're gonna start from the top. 
Uh, we talked already the rut strategy, a lot of these. Um, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Ozzy, the man won. Two-part question. Is Steve excited for Arby's to release the venison sandwich? <laughs> go ahead and answer that. I'll buy it. Clearly. I'll try it. I'll try, I'll try it and I'll eat it. Uh, hopefully they come up with a different sauce for it. Um, and two, Kurt, in the coming weeks, as it heats up, what sign are you going to be focusing on since you hunt a smaller property? Um, you know, the obvious stuff is, you know, rubs and scrapes and stuff like that. But, you know, doe activity is you know the best place you can get but really i'm going to be in um the my small property is going to be it's a, a it's a pinch technically it's a funnel kind of it doesn't look that way from an aerial map but it's a ravine that runs east west and it's basically that's all it is and uh the deer run through the bottom of that that's what, how i killed my deer last year on november the 6th and it's uh you know that's that's what i'm going to focus on when when the deer are running and the bucks are chasing does are going to be running through there and I'm hoping I can just catch a mature buck, um, in there that, that'd be what I would, uh, that's what, that's my plan. That's really sometimes all you can do. Um, Wally Hubbard. Oh, I'm just reading that. Hey, let me read it okay. because I got an answer for it. I recently got permission on a, a new piece in Eastern Michigan or Missouri. I'm sorry. It's all, it's about 25 acres of the thickest shit you'll ever, <laughs> you have ever seen. I feel like the whole thing is bedding area. Any advice on how to hunt it would be cool. Thanks. Uh, easiest thing to do, uh, just have the WCBOGs. Uh, I'll come through and hunt it for you, and then we'll uh, let you know when we clear house. I would say, <laughs> really answer, um, if you think the actual thing is a whole bedding area, uh, hunt the fringes on the correct wind. Um, that'd be the, without seeing it or, or scouting it. I think that's the most simplistic answer I can give you. Hunt fringes on the edges and, uh, you know, use the wind to your advantage. Uh, yeah. Or you read that one next or under it. Cause that's like a completely different from both that, you know what I mean? M Hobbs. Opposite. Yeah. M Hobbs 352. I'm trying to hunt a large piece of public land. What geographical features would you look for on an aerial map when picking out stand locations? And it sounds super cliche, but you got to go where funnels are and pinches. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if there's a creek on it, like dominant creek crossings, where the really anywhere the creek makes a hard S, you're going to find some sort of crossing there, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where you start without getting in there. And I would assume there's already hunters there because they're hopefully, well, hopefully, it's a weird. They're probably looking at the same spots. Um that's where I would start and then kind of branch from those locations and move move, move to other spots. Yeah, and if you do that on public land, uh, where to hunt is a, is a good app. Uh, hopefully everybody that's on public land has it. So if someone's there, you're not going to walk in and step all over their marshmallows. I just made that up. Is it working? That worked. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Henson Travis, um, you can answer this one, Steve. Oh yeah. Have you guys had a chance to try the ethics archery inserts yet? If so, what do you think? Yeah, they suck and I hate Hoss. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Uh dude, I, I put them things on uh, and this is the first time in a long, you know, while that I am super impressed with my setup. Uh they're really heavy out front. I lost I lost a lot of speed, but man, they smack and you know, if you if you go back and listen to that podcast, Hoss was uh, explaining you know the 
if he said that if if you were to take like a wiffle ball, cut it in half, and uh, shoot it at you at ninety, would it hurt? Or would a forty-five mile an hour baseball? I really enjoy them. You might get really nervous when you first use them, and you're you're kind of spinning them, and they sound like a loose field tip. Like that'll make you nervous. But we were shooting them, and they didn't make as much noise. I'm going to tell you, I put a bad shot on a doe, and I think the combination of what I had, I had a Victory Vap 166, uh, those Ethics Archeries, and a Slick Trick Broadhead, and dude, I'm shooting a 27-inch, 65-pound Elite Option 6. I put a bad shot, and the, the doe piled up about 35 yards away, so I'm going to say that with my setup, I I would go ahead and say, yeah, I I really enjoy them. I'll continue shooting them, so whatever arrow I get, that'll be uh, that'll be my insert outsert, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my two cents. It worked for me. I'm not I'm not a Kurt Geyer. I'm not the best hunter on the planet, but it worked for me. So well, let me tell you how <laughs> to kill deer. I mean, I'm telling you, dude. If if I kill the deer with this, I guarantee you'll be able to kill one too. That's my honest opinion. Um, whitetail experience. Shout out. The Whitetail Experience, Byron Horton, and the whole boys, El Diablo, David. Those guys are absolutely awesome. From hey, uh, he's getting married. Which one, Davis? No, oh, okay, congratulations. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like an asshole, but <laughs> oh, who cares? Uh, um, I'm just trying to get to the question. <laughs> um, check them out, Whitetail underscore Experience. They they put out some great video content. Byron's super intelligent when it comes to hunting, and uh, I love that hunting guy. public ground. That whole crew is is uh, absolutely enjoy everything they put out and. Uh, Definitely a big supporter. So if you're looking for some guys that are underground, kind of I consider to be on the same level as we are, like the underground and uh, real dudes getting after it, check them out. Um, they ask, any new gear you're using, new stand, clothes, packs, any new tactics you're using this year? Maybe your guys' goals or hopes for this year. Um, I talked about this last podcast a little bit. I'm using the new X-Stand backcountry combo. Absolutely love it, dude. That would be perfect for those guys. Yeah, it would. It would. That's. Yeah. I talked to them about that. They do the. Did they do the lone wolf and the XOP, and, and uh, those guys experiment with stuff. That's why I, I like them guys because I do the same thing. I like to try different things and get after it. Um, yeah, the XO or the. Uh, I'm sorry, the X stand is pretty awesome. Um, guys, your guys's goals or hopes for this year? Go ahead. I'll let you answer that one, Steve. Uh, you know my my main goal was to. Uh, just to put a doe down so uh, Kurt gets off my back about not hunting all the time. But <laughs> I call you for your daily dose of motivation. Yeah, it, it, it's every day. Hey, what are you doing? You go out in the woods? But, um, you know, I think my goals for this year is just learn as much as I can. I'm on a new piece of property relatively. I, I shot, uh, shot a doe last year on it, but I never got to hunt it early season. So just... Just trying to learn how to hunt new properties is one thing I want to learn uh, more of. I'm obviously not going to get that opportunity all the time, but just kind of experiment with some stuff and just trying to learn as much as I can is my goal this year. It's not a great goal, but it's my goal, and that's what I'm going to do. So, My goal, as far as... Um just for or hopes is uh, I want to kill a mature deer. I feel less concerned about score this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as 
Because I have a few bucks that are absolute tanks. You see that bucket? Oh yeah, this that's it. That's your hit list. But I remember we couldn't figure that out. I was just gonna bring that up. Fat. I'm. I'm just gonna call him Fat Body. Fat Body. You can call him Steve. He's a uh, Porky. I think he's like an eleven. Fat boy. He's like an eleven, but like short time, and he's just thick all <laughs> the way through. Um, but you know, of course. I got a couple bucks on trail camera. I would love to get into that one sixty high one sixties realm. Would be absolutely amazing. Booner would be even better. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know I have two buck tags in Illinois. If I can kill a good mature deer and then hold out for something that scores a little higher, I, that's what I'm going to do. But you know I want to kill a good solid mature buck would be really nice. And uh, not he doesn't have to be a one sixty. He could be in the one thirties all day. And if he's if he's mature, you know I've done my job because. I think a lot of people forget that just because a deer scores 130 doesn't mean he can't be seven and a half. Right. You know, just because a deer seven and a half and also doesn't mean he's going to score 170. Well, That's not it, the way it works. Was there like, I think our goal from now on should be kill a, a deer older than Eric's man. That, that'd be <laughs> tough. If Eric you can kill a seven and a half year old, I can never remember it. Seven and a half. Could you like. imagine killing an eight and a half year old doe? Yeah. You can kill anything on the planet. If you can kill a Dude. Eight and a half year old doe. You kill an eight and a half year old though, <laughs> but that's my. I'm mature deer would be great. Mature solid buck, um, but you know, of course, that's always weighing in my mind. Like I want to, I want to get the biggest deer in my life. That's every season. I'm I'm shooting for that. I'd love to just kill a, a buck in my dreams and and make something happen. Which that X stand is going to keep me portable, and I can kind of make some moves. So that's uh that's what I'm kind of hoping you. for. Brett, uh, are you going to go Brett go Gangler? Any remedies to help me keep the poison ivy, poison oak, and oak mites off in the preseason when hanging your stands and scouting? Second year, I got oak mites. Um, my recommendation would would be quit being such a pussy. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what, Brett? I'm uh, I'm kidding. Uh, it, something that I've heard about, and I've never got poison ivy before because. I pay somebody to hang all my stands so I don't go out in the woods. I don't do that. That's, that's a joke. No, I've heard that uh, there's some people who have a gene that they're just not allergic to uh, to poison ivy, which, you know, it makes me think a little bit deeper. It's, okay, we're, as humans, we were supposed to be, like, this is what we are alive in. You know, why does poison ivy affect us like this? And it, it just kind of makes me think it's, you know... Not that this probably isn't already known, but, you know, it makes me think, okay, well, do deer avoid certain shrubs because it makes them break out in a rash? You know, is that – it's just things that make me think, and I – man, I I don't know. I would say probably wear something like a long sleeve, and I'm a fat guy, and I load and unload trucks all day, and there's times I wear – Long sleeves, even though it's it's super hot, if you can get a breathable long sleeve, I know a guy told me that down in South Texas, when they're paving roads, the guys will wear long sleeves because keeps the sun and, off. Yeah, yeah, and it keeps the sun off. And even in Arabia, you know th- those areas, those guys, you know, you'll see the big outfits. But if you have like breathable layers, but it keeps the sun off you, the 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 perspiration will keep you cooler. So if you um. I don't know if you can. As find... far as like poison ivy and stuff, I've never. Yeah. Even, I'm knock on wood. I've never had poison ivy. I've either. never had it either. I've never had any of that ever. And I I don't know if 
my dad couldn't get it for the longest time. My dad had said he had picked it up, and I don't know if I got that genetically from him yeah. or I'm just not allergic to it or it doesn't affect me in the same way. And then, you know, that could change as I get older. But I, I've never had to mess with it, buddy, so I, yeah. I, I Brett, can't help you there. Brett, I would say either have superior genetics or uh, – I don't know. Hang your stands in a <laughs> end of February. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. That's actually be a good time to do it. Yeah. Um, Matt LaMonica, uh, LaMonica hunts on Instagram. Shooting does with fawns. Oh, yes this is no. a good one. This um, is a good I one. say, you know, I'm, I'm assuming say you're in Illinois and it's October. I think it's fine to shoot them. Um, some people ethically might think differently. That's fine. Um, I think, you know, as long as it wasn't like a super, super late born fawn and use your judgment, you know, if, <laughs> if it's still got spots that's still sucking from the teat, I would uh, consider maybe not shooting the doe. But I would say more times than not, you're perfectly fine. If because, it's still got milk on its lips, don't shoot it. Yeah. Oh, I heard that all. Because if she's going to go into estrus, that, you know, the buck's going to bump her away from that yearling anyway or that fawn. And, and But hey, do you, you remember that uh, article that we were. Um, we were reading it was, uh, <laughs> and here I'm going to bring up a controversial topic, the third rut. You remember we were like late, yeah, I guess early January, where like I saw doe fawns would get. I saw bucks chasing does in January last year. Yeah, well, Ross Bigger brought that up. But, like, you know, you hear the joke that the fourth rut. But, um, you know, we we did <laughs> read that. during the, shed season. <laughs> does chasing does out there. Oh, just a buck shed his antlers already. <laughs> His testosterone levels are gone. He had his prostate checked. He's ready to breed. What, what prost- <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, Steve. Good Lord, you're pulling a Steve. Uh, yeah. I got to throw in my daily Steve comment. Hey, well, don't do that because that's me. And I'm that's, doubling down on the, okay, on the dummery. Okay, look. <laughs> the only reason we're still legitimate is because you actually have knowledge <laughs> and I say stupid shit. <laughs> oh, but, I'm going off the dynamic chart. I'm sorry. Yeah, so... No, the um, we were reading that article about uh, dofons being bred, which is kind of odd, you know. I and, uh, the, and the, it makes me kind of wonder. Okay, so I'm and I'm not trying to get too gruesome, but no, uh, no, I'm, no. I'm curious. I don't, don't like, want to talk about this. Would the genetics be goofy? No, I don't. I, I don't know, Steve. I'm not a biologist. Oh, I'm not either. That's why I'm asking the question. If I was let's a biologist, say, I'd have the answer. Let's say this to we have a biologist on the podcast. All we right. We need one. Allison has some questions via Snapchat. Who? Allison. Oh, it's a chick. Yes. I called her out earlier in the podcast. Remember? Yes. Yeah, she want my uh, number? <laughs> um, I can I can ask her. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, she said, talk about road activity has been like by you guys and your rut predictions. Uh, oh, talk about what activity has been like for you guys. Um, I've seen two good bucks and lots of does, some small bucks. The typical early October type stuff. That seems um, small bucks. Opening morning, I saw them sparring, and uh, I look back, they were sparring as early as uh, the first time I saw them on camera, which are right in front of us. That really mean a like, whole lot, though. I know, but it was like the twenty. 20- sixth or whatever so they were kind of hanging and they still hang around together there's play two. there's play too there's a difference between like rut activity and play and well, young yeah. bucks are gonna play oh i thought she just said what activity yeah she did but okay i was just giving a generalization i thought no, you were not. saying like the i thought you were kind of making like <laughs> anyway um they, the south florida ruts on in august <laughs> rut predictions i'm assuming like you're kind of asking when we think the rut will happen Hell, I have no idea. I wait for that stupid goddamn squirrel meme. 
into the first week of October with a buffer around each end of it. I have a lot of luck. Like I, last year, I killed my buck November 6th. Um, me and my dad's lucky day, we like to call it, is the 16th. Um, I'd say between, you know, it's hard to tell. Like I, last year, or uh, in 2015, I killed my buck October 25th um, by himself cruising. Uh, so it's, I'm predicting that it's going to be good from October 25th till November 16th. And that's, in my opinion, the best time to be in the whitetail woods. And uh, no matter what any blog article or anyone tells you, any personality um, that you follow online is going to tell you, oh, the rut's earlier. This is what's happening is you know when to be out there. And you know when you're going to put in the best effort you can put in towards killing a whitetail buck is in that October 25th through mid-November is your best chance. And that's a super wide range, but that's just how it is. I mean, that's, those are your best chances. Realistically, you know, it's everybody wants a three day span window when they need to take vacation. Um, and if you're wanting the best days, in my opinion, where I, in my area, I would take first or second week of November. And uh, I think they're both good. And, uh, that's your highest chances of success of catching a buck, making a mistake. And uh, a lot of people will debate that in one way or another, but that's my, what I think. Um, decoys, I think can be, she asked about decoys. Um, I think can be very effective if done the right way. If you set them up for your wind where, you know, the deer is going to cut, cut the decoy off in between you and the decoy for the correct wind can be very effective and can distract a, a best, uh, especially a mature buck from you in the stand. Cause it'll have its eye on the decoy. Um, but yeah, I think done correctly, the decoy can be a very effective uh, method of, of getting an arrow on a critter. Um, she also asked, do you take a week off work or the whole month? I don't take the whole month off. I wish I could. I, I am taking, like I said earlier, uh, what did I say? What day, Steve, did I say I was taking uh, the 8th, 9th, 10th? Uh, it would be a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So yeah. I, I might take the 6th through the 10th off, which is that is the first full week of November this year. That's um, uh, probably when I'm taking off. So Yeah, I'll probably take that week off because for us in Illinois, our first firearm season starts 17th, 17th 18th, either. and 19th. It's The first firearm season is the weekend before Thanksgiving and the weekend after Thanksgiving. So I will take, and even though now we can bow hunt during the firearm season in Illinois. Yes, uh, if I get a tag, I... Uh, yeah, you ain't going to get one now, brother. I don't know. I game, did last nope. year. Game over. It's done. Game over. Trust me, I talked to people today that tried to get one for Henry, Henry County, and the line at Farm and Fleet was out the door. Oh, the opening day that they... Or, uh, man, what was that, Tuesday or Wednesday when they went on sale? You ain't getting one. I promise I will. I promise hey, you won't. you know what? Um, here's something that we always forget about, and we're always so caught up in deer season. Uh, for all you Illinois hunters out there, don't forget, like, at some point, at, like, the end of December, January, turkey tags you got to apply for. Here's my thing. I love turkeys, and I love turkey hunting, but I am not going to use any vacation to kill a turkey. Oh, hell no. I like turkeys. I think they're delicious. They're fun to hunt. Um but to kill a turkey, you ain't going to see me at vacation. <laughs> no, you got to get And Illinois does their seasons. We, we've harped on it. You know uh, what I'm planning to use more. my vacation for this year? What's that? Elk. One week is going to elk. Who are you going with? Oh. The homeboy, Jeremy Meyer. That's what we... <laughs> I forgot to bring that up. We talked about it on Instagram and Snapchat. Okay, so here's the bet. And uh, 
Take this. Uh, I haven't been watching football this season. Believe me, I stopped watching football before all the controversy. Contro- bleh, controversy. Here's a, here's Kurt Snapchatting. But Jeremy Mayer, Meyer, Mayer Meyer, let us know what it is. If my precious Bengals beat his garbage Stillers this week, he has to send me a mule deer shed. If his Pittsburgh Stillers happen to beat the Bengals, I have to send him a, a go shoot your bow shirt. And uh, if I'm feeling pretty confident, if that happens. I'll throw some other goodies in there as well, and I'll breathe in a bag, and I'll send that to and <laughs> label it Steve's Hot Breath. <laughs> but that's that's the bet. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I man, I don't know. Football is kind of weird because it's every Sunday, and I, I guess that's probably why the because uh, in Pennsylvania, dude, you can't hunt on Sunday, so you got nothing better to do than watch Ben Roethlisberger. Or uh, or the guy that used to drown dogs uh, play football. Well, I don't think he plays for the Eagles anymore. Michael Vick. <laughs> but Jeez, uh, yeah, you you don't get to hunt on Sunday, so I guess that's why football was so um, popular there. But no, I've since moved on to the NHL. Go Leafs. And it's nice because the games don't start until after uh, after you're done hunting. So I think that's kind of nice. That's the sport you need to watch: is either hockey or golf. I don't watch any sports. They end on during hunting. If they're on during hunting season, I nah, just call it a wash. Like I'm not mentally prepared to Here's watch my the thing. World Series anymore. Why do I want to watch a sport where all this dumb shit's happening with the whole national anthem? And one, it's not. It's stupid. They make too much money. Everyone argues over it. It's the only thing people want to talk about at work, and I love not being involved in it because. No one bothers to talk to me about it, and it's the greatest thing. Someone's like, oh, yeah, you're going to watch the Bears game? I'm like, dude, I don't watch sports. I'm not in dude. it. I don't give a fuck you who just wins or loses. Like, who, who, what, what football team? And get damn, I can't remember it, but uh, from the Waterboy, Bobby Boucher. What was the <laughs> damn team, like the Bulldogs or whatever the hell they were? Yeah, the Bulldogs. So next time anyone asks for your favorite team, just bring that up. <laughs> Say the Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, God, what, what the hell was the name of them? Was, right. I think it was the Bulldogs, wasn't it? I think sure. it was the Bulldogs, but it was like something else. Like because they were, <laughs> yeah. I the, to me, the only sports I really get in. I I love golf, man. I uh, I tell you the sports I like. Archery mm-hmm. is a great sport. Hunting, if you want to call it a sport, is a great sport. Oh yeah. There you go. Don't get me wrong. I still enjoy if I can catch a couple football games in college. I love the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. I'll watch when I can, but you know when it comes Sunday, that's why I love golf because uh, I, I play a lot of golf. So if you guys ever want to play golf with me, email me. I'll let you know where you can pay to play golf. <laughs> I'll come drink. But it that that's and it's as T Bone says, it's as close to archery as you can get without it being archery because it's only you. And you're out there trying to do something, and it, it's very relatable to hunting because, dude, you know, even you got to look at all the situations around you, and it's on you to make things work. So that's where I'm at. Good work. Well, I feel like we're kind of dwindling down on this podcast episode. Who's uh, who are we going to have our uh, listeners uh, flood their Instagram page? Because I think we got to do this more. Uh, we had uh, they did kick Kip Campbell. <laughs> He responded. He's like, I'd love to do a podcast with those guys. Okay, I, dude. I know. We need to get one. Um, 
Let's do. Uh, let's have him do uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why not? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that at BSR Ranch or uh, yeah, BSR Austin. Go find. Just look up Stone Cold Steve Austin on his Instagram. Go there on his next post, and all you guys just hey, we'd love to hear you on the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. I like that. I like that. And also go to TJ Unger's Instagram. I don't know what his Instagram handle is off the top of my it's head. It's like TJ underscore Unger, all caps. Go to TJ's Instagram and send him a congrats on that turkey and say, uh, we need you on Working Class Bowhunter again. Oh, yeah. It's TJ under, underscore Unger. U-N-G-E-R. U-N-G-E-R. That's uh, TJ's. Yeah. Let him know. Dude. Go to him. He needs... he. I, I don't know if he'll listen to this episode. Maybe we're we're deep into it, so this would be funny if he doesn't hear. Go there and and just put on go on his on his uh turkey, comment hashtag working class bowhunter, do it. And and uh I just want to see what he'll do. Let's we'll see if he can be like, What the hell? He'll probably listen though. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve Austin's is uh at Steve Austin B S R. So just go there and be like do the working class swig a beer, do the working class bowhunter podcast and like tag us. Uh, tag us. And That'd then awesome. uh, we're going to have beanies. No, scratch that. Stocking caps and Attaboy. hoodies in the store. Hopefully next week they're badass. Um, they're supposed to be in last week. They're not. They're supposed to be in this week. Um, I'm going to be hunting, so I don't know if I'll get them up in the store this week. So, I mean, do you blame me? Uh, next week they should be up for sure. Awesome. Anyway, good luck to you guys. Things are starting to heat up in the deer woods. Luck of the podcast is your way. We're sending that. Send of the luck. Here it is. Catch it. There it is. Oh, you got it. I sprinkled right. a little luck dust on uh, someone, and it came uh, came to be. So, All right. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the questions and all the good stuff. Bye. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.